This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Incomings and outgoings are plenty at Turf Moor. As Vincent Company's new look Burnley, is, is shaping up. This is the No Near Never podcast. No Near Never podcast! So, hello everybody. This is the first No Near Never podcast um, of the season. Uh, so, I'm Richard Steele. I'm looking forward uh, to, you know, to getting back into it, really. Um, tonight, we've got George Poole and Tom Whitaker with me. How are we, gents? Evening, Rich. Yeah, not so bad are you. Yeah, good, mate. Good, good, good. Enjoying the summer holidays. I've I've had a week off now, so nice and nice and relaxing. And yourself, George? Yeah, yeah, not too bad. Just um, trying to survive work in this heat at the moment, but luckily it's cooled down and uh, looking forward to the weekend now. Oh yeah, Monday and Tuesday were a challenge, weren't they? I had to uh, look after the pug, which wasn't easy uh, in this weather. Just kept going outside and spraying him with the old pipe, which I didn't enjoy, but. Uh, yeah, managed to get through it, um, and it's and it's obviously a long time. You know, it seems like forever since since that Newcastle game. There's been you know a lot of changes, um, and you know when we're just kind of going to go through the you know the incomings, the outgoings tonight, uh, and where we think you know what kind of shape that we're in because I know there's a lot of different opinions at at the moment on on our transfer business um, and the effectiveness of it, and you know and where we'll come to the start of the season. So. Tom, I'll come to you first. I'm just going to, before I really go into kind of like identifying individual play, uh, players, so far, um, on a, I'm going to do it on a rating. And I'll do the same for George. So far, obviously we've got about five weeks ago, what would you give our transfer market so far on incomings and outgoings? Um, probably maybe a six and a half, something like that. Nothing, uh, I don't think it's been like a disaster. I think some of the players we've signed it look quite promising. Um, you can see there's obviously a, a big idea to to radically shift the the transfer business. You know, under Dyche, it wasn't especially the last few years we weren't buying players that had much sell on value. Um, we weren't making a profit on on many players. You know, you see we sold Tarkovsky and um, sorry Tarkovsky's left, but we sold Pope. Mm-hmm. And well, these are players that we brought in years ago, and it's only really Collins that we've brought with an eye to making some money. And obviously that's since paced up over as well. So. We're moving in that direction. I think it's a sensible model for a championship club. 
the worry for me is um, where it leaves us for this season. So obviously, the you know the longer you spend out of the Premier League, the more difficult it is to get back up. And uh, what worries me at the minute is I think a lot of the transfer business has got an eye on the future. That's good. A lot of the noises out of the club are saying, you know, we, we're not desperate to get up this season. If it doesn't happen this season, there's next season. But I think if you're being realistic, if we don't go up this season, it's more difficult next season. And if we don't go up next season, it's more difficult the season after that. So for me, I think to bump it up, I'd like to see us bring in a bit more experience, but not necessarily, it doesn't have to be experience with the division, but players who are a bit more capable of stepping into sort of a leadership role. I think we've maybe got a little bit of a void with that at the minute. So I'd like to see something along those lines. Uh, you know, I'm not uh, not calling it a success or a failure yet. There's, there's a fair bit to go. I think there's another four or five weeks of the window. So I think we played yeah. four or five games before the window shuts. So, uh, yeah, I'm not uh, not panicking just yet. I'm sh- it sounds like we're doing a lot of business. So we've got a lot of irons in the fire. So I'm sure that uh, the positions that we still need to fill will be filled between now and, uh, and the end of the month, uh, the end of August, sorry. But, um, yeah, at the, at the minute, I can't grade it too highly because I, I don't think it's necessarily set us up for a you know, promotion-winning campaign just yet. Yeah, interesting point, Sir Tom. Um, you know, I can tell you've been thinking about that for a long time. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and that view is supposed to be a little short one here uh, just to get into it. But, um, yeah, I agree with a lot of the points Tom, Tom said, there, which I will come on to shortly. But, George, George, by the way, has had, funnily enough, George had a bit of a meltdown yesterday in our WhatsApp group. And considering it wasn't 37 degrees yesterday, that's quite ironic uh, with the McNeil news, which, uh, again, is a player that polarises opinion. But, um, George, yourself, give it, give, it, give it a rating so far. Yeah, I think for me, it's, I'd probably say a, a seven or eight out of ten. Like I think it's been, I think it's been, it's been successful. And as as Tom said, we're clearly going for a big refresh. But I think it's hard to call a window like oh a really good window when you've let Tarkovsky go for free, you've let Ben Mee go for free, you've let Nick Pope go for what ten million, and you've let Nathan Collins go as well. So that's three massive centre backs for us. So I think it's tough to say like oh it's been a brilliant window. That being said, going through a big refresh, that was needed. We brought down the average age of the squad, um, tumbling, I'd suggest. Uh, but I'm just, I'm the same as Tom. I think if if you were to look at, if, if you had the opportunity to look at the wider picture and you think, brilliant, it's bringing the squad age down, it, it's building a squad for the future, then you think, great. But at the same time, we've been relegated. We should be aiming to go straight, to go back up. And if you don't go up within two years, you're struggling. And I think we're just veering towards too much change for our own good. That's that's my concern. I think they're not going up in next season. It's a really difficult one. Like I agree with what you're saying in some ways, Tom, that companies like, well, um, you know, if we don't go up next this season, there's next season. But what's company gonna come out and say, Oh, we've got to get promoted this season, or if we don't get promoted, it, it's the end of the world. I think there's a bit, you know, you've got to have that balance and that perspective a little bit. Um, company said him, himself he's in, he's in it for a long goal which listen realistically if company does two years and doesn't go, get us up but plays nice football he, he's going to move on just because of his name and what he can attract that's that's kind of my view on it as well I, I'm looking there's part to me I'm, I'm very 50-50 at the moment with what to expect I'm, I'm quite excited about some of the players that we're going to bring in which I'm going to go through but at the same time, I agree with Tom. We massively need some experience, and that brings me into the back, um, into kind of we've we've not signed a goalie yet. It was reported we was going to bring Bart Verbruggen in, 
from Belgium. I don't know how my pronunciation was. Uh, my Flemish isn't isn't one of my favourite languages to speak. Um, but that deal appears to have fallen through, as does the Callum O'Hare deal, which I wasn't that bothered about signing O'Hare, to be honest. But Coventry fans recently have just like kind of been really salty. And the Coventry's biggest achievement in the last 25 years has, has, has been to play at St Andrews. So I'm, I'm not quite sure what they're boasting about. But anyway, um, so George, we'll go defensively first. I'll stick with you. Because I, I we, me and you had a little bit of a disagreement with this because we've linked with another centre-half today. I personally think it's imperative that we get another experienced centre-half. But you don't seem to think that way, do you, George? Um, no, no. I think if I was to look at it with my, my claret-tinted glasses and with an optimistic mind, I think we've done really good business this summer. We've brought in Taylor Harwood-Bellis. I know it's, I know these a couple of these are lone players, but Taylor, Taylor Harwood-Bellis, how he's played, Pretty much as many championship games as Nathan Collins had played. Don't so, say that. It's irrelevant. Well, completely yeah, it's, not no, relevant. no, but no, but well, I'm not saying this is good a player, but I'm saying he's played as many games. So if you're going down the experience line, he's as experienced. Yeah, but Marnie played as many games as Frank Lampard probably in his career. But I know, know Lampard I mean, but... wasn't, and Lampard wasn't exactly. half the player that Dean Marnie was. So yeah, I know, I know it's not I, everything. I, I but... get where you're coming from, George, but I, I don't like that comparison. I think it's, I think it's. Um, like saying a crocodile walks missing and, nuance. and so does a cow. There's no relevance at all. It's, miss, it's missing nuance, but at the end of the day, whether he's as good a player as Collins or not, Collins was too good for the championship. We've got to like, we've got to be realistic here. Collins was too good for the championship. Whereas Howard Bellis has played these 70-odd games at championship level. He's a very good player and he will undoubtedly start for us. Now, if I'm looking at the rest of them... No, I do agree, George, Howard Bellis. I'm just kind of playing games a little bit. Well, it's yeah. Back. yeah, yeah, that's that's good. But, you know, I think if we'd have looked in an ideal world, we'd have said, right, Colin stays and then we bring in a centre-back to play alongside him. I know it's missing nuance, but Howard Bellis slots in instead of Collins and we're bringing in a new centre-back to play alongside him. Look, I'm relying on them gelling. My worry is actually the opposite of yours. You want an experienced guy in, whereas I'm just feeling like, Oh, I was really excited to bring in uh, CJ Egan Riley and uh, Luke McNally, and I was really excited to see how they'll do. And then on top of that, companies like sung the praise of Bobby Thomas this summer. But if we do bring in another centre back, these three lads just aren't going to get the game time. And for me, that that's a real shame. I think it, it's one of them. Like you say, it's a real shame. But I suggest today it's not a year six four day about giving lads chances. They've got to be good enough. And like this, like you said we're almost three sitting here I'm going to come on to a player in a minute the only player who I've seen consistently play who we've signed is Scott Twine the rest of them I've got no idea how good they're going to be and neither do you know and neither do all of us and that's why it is a risk I, I just think in that centre-back so crucial we've lost basically the three players that got us a lot of points over the last few years and I think just having an experienced head wouldn't do these young lads any harm just same question to you Tom really uh, to see what your view on it, because because that is because the kind of the goalkeeper and the defence, especially the central of defence, will be the most radical shift. I feel. Yeah, I think you you make a, a great point there when you say that's been the foundation of our success in the last few years. You know, the the best players last season were the centre halves and the keeper, um, and they're, the, they're going to be the big misses. You know, we didn't have a lot of goals in the team last year. It's not as if we had any decent players to lose from the centre forward position. Um, so. Yeah, uh, it, it's a big shift to, to lose all of those players so quickly. I think it would have been ideal 
if um, we'd have signed Ben Mee on for another year or two, I think that would have been perfect just to bring those those lads through a bit. I get what George is saying about bringing young lads in and, and not playing them, but I mean, if you if you look at you know when we came down last time, it was um, Ben Mee and Michael Keane playing. They brought Tarkovsky in yeah. straight away, but you don't have to go into the team straight away. You know, it took him probably eighteen months before we sold Keane, and he was playing every week. But he had that eighteen months to learn. You know. Um, so I think you know I'm comfortable that Egan Riley and McNally will if they're not starting every week they'll be in that position maybe Thomas needs a better loan maybe a League One loan or something for a season just to get regular football but he does look a good prospect um, I think you're both right I think Harwood Bellis would be the starter um, and it'll be interesting to see who he does decide to play alongside him um, I think the keeper is going to be a big sign in personally I, I don't think Peacock Farrell is good enough um, from what I've seen I know he's not played that many games but I think when he has played for us he's not impressed me I think it's flappy isn't he it, it's a funny one because yeah. technically he always looks really good but he just looks like he's devoid of confidence whenever I see him so I, I just think he's always got a mistake in him and then when he makes a mistake he'll make two so I just wouldn't be confident with him in for 46 games I think it seems like company wants another keeper doesn't that's why we've been for this uh, yeah Guys, well, well that's another one like if this Ver- Verbruggen did come in would have he been number one anyway and would they look to sign another goalie that's that's a you know it's a really hard one what I will say about these defenders is they're all really <laughs> me and Tom's had a laugh about it you know they are highly rated and I've not seen one really one person say I don't know why you've signed him so that's a positive go on George I know you put your hand up mate well I, 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 I was going to come in on the keeper thing and say and just say I think it's pretty obvious isn't it that company does not think that the keepers we have now and you know that that Bailey Peacock Farrell is going to be his number one and I think if he's already decided that off two months training I think it, it paints a picture that he's not going to be our keeper for this season which is why I'm just a bit gutted that we've we've wasted all this time on Verbruggen and obviously now it's fallen through but like you say then Rich I know we have a little back and forth in our group chat saying you know oh yeah but who are they highly rated by but when you actually look at it Ian, uh, Ian Martin, uh, obviously the left back we yeah. brought in. He's played. He's just played a season at Championship level and impressed. He's played a full season at Championship level. And then you say you've been watching Scott Twine, who we'll talk about later, and he's done really well in League One. Well, Luke McNally's just played one a full season in League One for Oxford, and again, really impressed. So you know there is there is a there is stuff to back up that these players are are impressing, and I'm I'm looking forward to seeing them. But yeah, we're doing yeah, it. Like- yeah, like I mentioned, George, it's not like I don't think the good signings are, they, you know, they may come in and, and do excellently. It's just, I just feel personally in, in that position, it's good to have an experience, you know, even like Duff played the first six months of that season. And, you know, we've been talking about, yeah, Keane and me, but they still had Eaton behind them, who was such an experienced player and, and, and captain. It's just, I look at our team and I'm excited. It's just that defensive unit, you know, Robert's, and, t- and Taylor, they're not the best positionally either, but I think them two will do really well in the championship. And if Taylor does move on, I think Matson's a very exciting player too. Um, like like I said, had a great season on loan at, at Coventry by all accounts. But yeah, go on, Tom. Yeah, just another thing about the centre halves, obviously, and the keeper as well. Probably eventually when we do sign one, and um, obviously uh, Ben Me, Nick Pope, famously not very good with the ball at their feet. Mm. Um, you know, we all, we're always talking on this podcast about, you know, the England manager is a bit more bothered about whether the keeper can pass the ball 
you know, rather than keep it out of the net. Now, I mean, I went to the Shrewsbury friendly last week. There was a lot of, you know, the centre arms passing it sideways, the Eddie Howe kind of football. Um, and I think it's fairly obvious that company wants the centre arms to be able to do that as well. So, you know, if you are bringing in loads of players in that position that the manager wants and that are going to adapt quicker to the manager's style, that could be beneficial. You know, if we say if we'd rather a season of Nick Pope and Ben Mee and they're trying to learn how to play out from the back. That oh, that'd be fine. Would it with Pope? Well, that's it, yeah. So if they get if they get if they've got a back line that can play that kind of football, you know, you could argue, you know, we had a back a back uh, you know, a two centre halves and a keeper before that were set up for playing Sean Dyche football. So if we've got a keeper and a, and two centre halves that are set up for playing Vincent Company's football, then that might benefit us as well. So it's, pro- it's perhaps it's not all bad that we've had such a massive turnover of players, particularly in that position. Yeah, that's a great point. And yeah, well I'm gonna come on to the style of play a little bit later and you know, when you've seen that McNally, you can obviously carry the ball out of defence. And Egan Riley started in a Champs League game last season that I actually went to and I completely forgot he was playing. So I can't even have any reference to if he was any good or not. I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. Uh, I think he was playing right back. Um, but like I said, I'm excited by these signings. It's just just from maybe a personal point. I'd just like to see a bit of an experienced player, uh, you know, slot into that position. Even it's, but again, we shall see. It's going to be really interesting because I really don't know who's going to partner hard with Bellis um, in that first game at Huddersfield. So moving further forward up the pitch um, into midfield. Now, that's been the biggest turnaround and the turnaround that I'm the most excited by. I think everybody will agree if you've got half a brain on football, that midfield was our weak point last year, especially the central midfield, where, you know, and, and there was other factors around that. But I think we've made some absolutely brilliant signings in that area. And I think all of those three lads that we have signed will make a big difference. Obviously, Cullen's come in. Very, very, you know, good career so far, and especially at Belgium. And I was at a wedding in Ireland, actually, at the weekend. And a lot of the, a lot of the Irish lads who watch the footy can't believe he's not gone to a Prem club. And I think he's been a, one of the first names on the team sheet. Obviously, um, Bastian. Um, again, none of us know nothing about really. Come, come with a big reputation. West Ham had a big bid turned down for him. Um, I think it was eleven million, and Lee Age wanted eighteen. So I know he's had a couple of injuries, but I think George has, has said he's really excited about him in particular. And obviously, you know, Twi- Scott Twine, I'm going to say a few words on shortly. And I think put that into the mix with Brown, Hill Cork, who I think is a big one signing the contract. So McNeil, will he stay or will he not stay? So, um, Tom, I'll stick with you on this one. What's your thoughts on the midfield um, additions? Yeah, I think, um, like you said, the biggest surprise was, was what we've done in midfield. Probably the fact that we've actually bought a midfielder is a, is a good opening sign after the last couple of uh, <laughs> after the last couple of seasons. So that was encouraging. Um, I think, again, similar to what I was saying about the centre-halves, I think Cullen especially is, um, I think he's the epitome of like what the company wants to do. You know, uh, he saw even in that friendly, you know, he was coming. Um, as soon as the keeper got the ball, he's dropping deep. The, the full-backs are pushing up. Um, Cullen's dropping to the edge of the box and he's linking the play of the centre-halves. It's obviously a job that he's comfortable with. He knows the system that the company wants to play. So it's a no-brainer. And like you say, he's, uh, he's got a good reputation. He didn't cost a lot of money. So happy with that addition. Be interesting to see what he's like. I think we've lacked that for the last few years. Like as yeah, someone who can just sit deep and just dictate the tempo, dictate the play a little bit. So that's good. Um, Bastien, yeah, same as you, don't know a lot about him, but he's, he, he seems to be a very uh, 
engaging chap on social media. So <laughs> to go with Corny, so that's nice. And uh, yeah, it's technically looked decent and, and the friendly that I saw took his goal really well. So that's uh, that's promising. Sometimes it's quite nice when you get a signing in that you don't really know anything about. It's like, yeah. Oh, I remember when we used yeah. to get like. Uh, you know, like Drissa Diallo and Arthur Naheri and, you know, when it was a bit more rare to just get the foreign player over and, and it was like, yeah, that's how you get caught heroes, isn't it? Just people like that. So I, I like that yeah. signing from that point of view. Not a not particularly technical or insightful uh, viewpoint, but I'm looking forward to seeing him. And then Twine, yeah, I know you want to talk a bit about him. Um, you mentioned that you'd seen Egan Riley. I saw Twine last year at, uh, play for Milton Keynes at Burton Albion mm. and he was the best player on the pitch and yeah. Milton Keynes won 1-0 and he... Uh, the ball up on the edge of the box 20 yards out and just killed it right in the top corner and I thought yeah he looks he looks decent and um it sounds like as well there was quite a few in for him so I think it reflects well that uh, that we were able to convince him to come and again that's a player we've cried out for you know we've been playing people like Hendrick and Brown in that number 10 role and they're not players that are set up for that in my opinion yeah. so it's encouraging to have not just more bodies in the midfield but I think we've got more tactical options there as well and that was really something that we struggled with in the last couple of years so yeah, I think you're right. Again, good business, like decent speeds you paid for these players as well. So, yeah, I think I think you're right. I think that is the most encouraging bit of the window so far. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's a really good point you made there is, is kind of, you know, shoehorning players into positions that they're not comfortable with. And, you know, Brown, who, who I think could be excellent next season. Um, you know, I do. There's still that big gap, isn't there, between the Premier League and Championship, isn't it? I think Browner was someone who was really improving towards the back end of last year and did start to look more comfortable on the ball. And it's really interesting. You mentioned Hendrick there, isn't it? And he's gone to Reading, uh, maybe found his level a little bit. Hendrick, never my cup of tea. But George, we asked this question in, in, in the group the other day. So it's a real difficult one to include or exclude Carney from this, whether he's going to start or not against Huddersfield. Even if he's here, will he still start? Will he want to protect him? Um Wash on me. It looks like he's going to play the diamond, which is quite interesting. A formation I don't think I've seen since the Sven Goran Eriksson days with England. Um, but George, what's your starting for then in that midfield? Yeah, it's going to be really weird, isn't it? Because when company was brought in, I had expectations that he's going to play a 4 4 2, obviously a bit slightly different, but it seems as though we're going to play a 4 2 2 2, which is the Christmas all, tree. Yeah, it's too much of a mouthful. That's why I don't like. It's too much of a mouthful. <laughs> they need to come up with a better, a better name for it. But we're going to play a 4 2 2 2. I might have, have done one, one, one too many twos there. But So there's going to be four centre mids essentially playing playing in that midfield, which obviously is really promising because, like Tom, I echo Tom's thoughts really. The, the midfielders that we brought in, really exciting. I know we've talked about the inexperience of the back line and the keeper. And even if you do bring in a 26-year-old centre-back, it's still going to be a guy who's new to the club. But I think yeah. in Cullen, you get that sort of continuity in, in a sense in that he's played under company before. He He's the guy who's dropping deep and sitting alongside the defence when the wing-backs wing are going forward. So he offers you a really good bit of uh, continuity, I feel. And I think he, he'll be able to get the other midfielders up to speed with company system quicker than we would do if it was just everyone new to the system. Um, so, yeah, to your question, which I've been really nicely circling around. Uh, mm -hmm. Cullen, I think, like I say, has got to play. He'll be the guy who'll be sitting there. I think Bastion's... I, I, I'm, I completely admit I'm seeing this just off the one goal I've seen him score for us. <laughs> he just looks a class wow. player. He looks tidy. He looks like he's got a cracking left boot on him. 
he ju- and uh, he just seems like a, a breath of fresh air around the club. <coughs> so I, I'd like to see Bastian and Cullen Ball playing. But then Jack Cork, I think, from what we're looking like, it looks like he's going to take the armband this season. And in all the behind-the-scenes stuff we've mm. seen, Cork's at the centre of everything. In training, and he does give you that experience, doesn't he? Then in totally. that of pitch, yeah. It's 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 him talking on the pitch and training. It's talking to the fans. Everything is revolving around him, and I, and I think he will offer that. He's the guy in midfield. He's. I mean, you just saw how he made us tick last season. So I think you're definitely going to have Cullen, Bastian, and Court, and then it's just one of many attacking midfielders we've got there up front. Where, sorry, just just behind the strikers. You'd like to think it'd be twined, but I think he's carrying a niggle. He's not been shown that much in the videos and stuff. Uh, Twine or Brownell and Brownell got three assists at Shrewsbury so either of them absolutely fine by so me. So where does McNeil um, play? Oh God, you had to say that, didn't you? Oh, I think it's either McNeil, Twine or um, or Brownell then and I, I don't, so I, the, I expect Cornet to go. So would you, I, I think Twine will play behind Rodriguez or Barnes. Yes, so, see, yeah, I agree, actually. You've, te- you've twisted from my arm it. there, Rich. You've, you've twisted yeah. my arm. I agree. I think he's going to play as one of them front two. And people say, oh, he's not a striker. Yeah, but he'll just drop off. Yeah, it's, it's a really hard one. You know, going back to Twine and what Tom said, he, he's the signing out. I, I think Cullen's the crucial signing, almost the most important one that'll knit everything together. But, soon, you know, and I'm not just saying this because I'm on the podcast. I remember, because people who listen to the podcast know I'm from Wigan. So I went to my mate's house when it was kind of just coming out of COVID, when it was Project Restart. Wigan played Swindon and I watched a game with him on, on telly and within about 10 minutes, I said, who's this lad here for Swindon? And it was Scott Twine. And, and I thought, God, he, he's got some talent. And then just for whatever reason, I just, similar to Tom, maybe just stuck a few MK Dons games on just because I really like watching him play. And I think this young Matt, I don't want to big him up too much because I could look like an idiot here. I really, you know, when you see a player come up from League One like Madison did in Delhi Alley, I think this lad's got a real big ceiling to him. Um, you know, I don't know, I'm not going to say he's going to play for England or, 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 you know, whatever, but I think he's going to be someone that's really uh, exciting. And as Tom said at Burton last year, he just, he just he, you know, he can score unbelievable goals. And I don't know, it's a difficult one because it's obviously going to be more physical in the championship a little bit quicker, but it's one I'm really excited about. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to him playing, but I think he'll play number 10. And then, yeah, that midfield's really difficult. You would have to think Cork, if he's playing the, Two two, say the two 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 of the diamond. Do you think Cork and, and and sorry, Cullen Brownell? Oh bloody hell! You think Cullen, Cork, and probably McNeil would start? So it's probably one of Brownell and Bastion to lose out, and and I think Bastion will be on the bench to be honest. But we, we shall see. Go on, George. Yeah, not to sound too bitter about the whole O'Hare situation breaking down, which we'll obviously talk about. But the thing that Scott Twine's got to his game is he scores goals. Yes. He can play. He can play as part of the front two, whether it be dropping deep in a ten. O'Hare does not score goals. He would have to play in a really part of that midfield. And you know what? If we're keeping McNeil or Corney, either of them, I think you're just getting a few too many, few too many names once in one position. Then, so uh, yeah. I'd love to see either McNeil or Corney stay. And I think Twine's just got that extra edge to his game to play up front with one of the the experienced lads. Well, to be fair to O'Hare, he can't really score kick, kicking into rugby post, can he, at the recall for London Wasps? So he's struggling a little bit there. Uh, I'm going to get some stick if I get listening. There's any comments. If I'm only joking, Coventry. I've never heard of you for the last 10 years, to be honest. So, uh, 
yeah, and they're coming on, you know, then the last one, strikers, no one. No one up front concerning for me again. I still think if you've got all them midfielders, you've still got someone to put the ball in the net. George, are you going to say your claim that you made in our WhatsApp group? Yeah, Adam absolutely. On the No Nape Ever podcast. Look, I'll say it and I'll back it up. I think Jay Rodriguez is going to score over 15 goals this season. He scored 22. In uh, training? No, no. In, in the league, in the league. Not, I'm not even counting cup competitions here. He scored 22 goals last time he was in the Championship in the 18-19 season. He's got absolutely no attributes, which he's losing with age. He's not got any pace since he had two big injuries. And he's as physical as ever. He's as good in the air as ever. I think he's gonna he'll he'll really prosper under a company system which suits him down to the ground. Rodriguez is big thing, which puts him on another level to the likes of Barnes, is with his feet. He's very good yeah. technically. And that, that's what got him to an England cap, you know what I mean? And he's still got those skills and I think I think it'll suit him. And I think him and Twine up front will be our starting pair and I'm absolutely fine with that. But I do think we need another striker because it looks as though Vidra's not gonna stay, possibly. Or, or slash not be ready for a while. Yeah. Listen, it's, it's a hard one to call on, Jay. I, I'm a massive fan of his. Um, you know, and, and, and the, the, the gap from the Championship to the Premier League is, is massive. But when you get to Jay's age, two years is a, is, a, is a long time. It's not like he's gone from being 22 to 24. It's, I imagine he's early 30s now. So, but, but I still think he'll be a really big player for us, Jay. And I think it's, and again, being Burnley born and bred a leader, I, I, I think it's really good to have him in the dressing room. Again, Tom, same, same with you on strikers. Yeah, it worries me a bit, to be honest, centre forward position. Um, as is, I think Barnes and Rodriguez are, uh, are not players they were. I know, obviously, we're dropping down a division, so you'd expect them to chip in with more than the two or three they have been doing in the last couple of seasons. But, you know, I, I think we need, you look at the last two seasons when it was. Uh, Gray there and then Ings before that. Mm. I think we need someone who's going to put 20 odd, 20 odd goals in. I think if we if we want to be looking at top six, Scott it's a Twyman. bit of a funny Well, I don't know. He, I know because it's a different formation, got... isn't it? So you yeah. just don't know. Like you ex- you'd expect if he's playing something similar to City ish, I'm not saying City because it's a big claim. You maybe don't need a 20 goal a season strike. Well, you obviously do sometimes. It's a real hard one, isn't it, Tom? Yeah. The thing with City, I know they've got goals. I mean, they, you know, they, they haven't got a, well, they didn't last season have a 20-goal season, man, but they had, you know, um, four, five, know, six know. midfielders getting 10 plus. I'd, you know, our midfield, Twine will get goals. Don't know about Bastien, to be fair. Brownhill, I can't see him getting 10 goals. Cork, you know, be lucky if he gets over the halfway line 10 times. And yeah, the same for yeah, Cullen. Yeah. So, yeah, we haven't got goals in the midfield. Um, so we're going to need, we're going to need them from somewhere. And uh, yeah, that's the big thing. Uh, when I look at the team at the minute, I don't see goals. He obviously wanted that uh, that lad who went to Besiktas, what was his name? Maleke, Jackson Maleke. Yeah. But they're obviously in the market for a centre forward. Um, but I haven't really had any links since since he left. So apart from Dilap at Man City, maybe he'd be good. But you're asking a lot of young lad who's not really played a lot of football to to come in and, and spearhead your way to a promotion. So yeah, uh, that, that does concern me a bit. And I think like, George said, even if Vidra's uh, signs up for another year or two, you're not going to get anything out of him really until Christmas. So, at the, yeah, at the least, you know. Yeah. 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 So I, I think we need something there. And I think that's another position where I'd, I'd rather we didn't sign a young lad. I'd, I'd like someone with a bit, a bit of pedigree mm. there, to be honest. So the, got... the issue is, is you're saying a bit of pedigree and you're absolutely spot on. I think when we signed Gray, it, it was quite... It, it was an obvious signing of 
of someone who'd done well the previous year. I don't see really anybody in the championship who's kind of really like standing out to me. I mean, the lower leagues is kind of obviously Twine was the standout player in League One. It, it was obvious. What about but he, maybe, like you said, so I was going to say, obviously, we've been linked with her hair, but the, the lad, Jokeresh, uh, I think he got 18 last year, didn't he, for Coventry? Yeah, he's been linked with his that's, on, the, that's the kind of. <laughs> He's the same kind of profile as Gray was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to pretend that I know loads about, like, you know, that country on telly twice a year or whatever. I, I won't pretend that I know a lot about their players. But um, that just when you said, oh, you know, that kind of profile, that's the one that jumps yeah. out at me. So, yeah, someone from a from a sort of middling sort of championship team who's not so few in. Um, maybe someone like, uh, what's that Chilean fella's name at Blackburn? He had a good season. Uh, yeah, I can't remember him. Uh, like there's a lad at Wigan called Callum Lang who's an excellent finisher reminds me a little bit of Danny Ings when I've watched him but again it's a big step up um, there's jo- there was Archer who was on loan at Preston who seemed very good and Preston fans rated but again it's kind of like the lap's obviously got big pedigree hasn't it you know listen he's, he's obviously going to be a good player but it's still a big ask for these young players and that's kind of what we go back to the defence you know you're getting these young lads in and they could be outstanding but you just you just don't know because they're a bit un- unproven so that's our incomings. I think we're going to be very busy. I still think we'll get four or five more players in. You know, we've still got... And all that Huddersfield game's close and you can start panicking. But I look at a lot of teams in the division and, you know, Blackburn's only signed one player. Huddersfield's just lost two, their two best players and they've not re- replaced them and they've not re- replaced the manager. I think that's what's really unique about this season is that you're so far away from the transfer window, but you've got so many games. So... Um, and I wouldn't panic panic too much, kind of, if we've not, even if Peacock Farrell starts against Huddersfield, but we shall see. Right, outgoings. Um, so I've seen I've seen a really interesting starting on that starting eleven last season. There was only eight um, eight out of the eleven players are still at the club, and it's only uh, me, Taki, and Pope who's actually gone from from that starting eleven, which is actually. Really interesting, and I think a lot of the outgoings uh, are actually uh, so. Well, me didn't actually start, did it? So it's Collins. Um, so for me, there's you know the four outgoings I'm really bothered about are uh, Pope, Taki, me, and Collins. Um, we will come to Collins first. Uh, Tom, I will come to you. That is a deal I'm still incredibly disappointed with. I think twenty million, you know, seems on the surface quite a lot for a player with his age who's played that games, but it's not enough, is it, for what he's going to be capable of in the next in his in his career. Yeah, I think uh, I think most most Burnley fans would have said the same. Um, you know, he's got three years on his contract, so it's not as if we were you, you know, he was going for nothing next season or something like that. I think with his age, you know, he's got a lot of football in front of him. Um you know, you would have liked to have thought we could have said to him, you know, give us a year and then, and then we'll see. You know, it's not like I say, it's not like he's 32, he's 21, 22 or whatever. So it's not like he's in a desperate rush necessarily to get back to the Prem. So with all that, you'd think we could maybe, you know, have held out for a bit more. Um, I mean, in some ways, it's got its double the money. It's, it's money that we're obviously needed. And I think we have put ourselves in a bad position in terms of selling in this window because we've wrote in the accounts at the end of last season, that if we go down, we're going to need to sell players. So when clubs are coming to sniff around your players, they know the financial reality is that you want to get at least two or three of them off the books. And, uh, you know, it seems like we're not 
desperate to to hang on to Corne really as well. And obviously the Reese clause plays into that, but it does seem like we wanted to sell two or three. So that's that factors into it as well. I think we've got a quick sale and things like that. Uh, mm. And and we know that he's good enough to play in the Prem. I think he proved it last season. Um, and I'm not surprised that Premier League clubs wanted him. And I'm not surprised that you know that he wanted to go. So. Yeah, for me, I would have liked to. St- I would have liked to have said twenty-five, thirty million would have been a better price. But it's not as if it's not as if he's gone on a free. You know, it's it, that's it, that's a lot of money in the championship. And you see what we've spent so far with the seven or eight players we've brought in, or whatever it is. You know, we've only used the Nick Pope money for that, really. So you'd like to think that maybe if we do get more of a marquee signing, that's the money that would fund it. So we'll we'll see. Yeah, and that's really valid points, Tom, um, about Collins and. Yeah, and my next point is, George, and, and I know you spoke about this, and yes, there's still time, and I'm not going to panic or judge too much, but that £20 has gone in the bank or whether it's add-ons or whatever, and we've still not signed a player, have we, since um, that for a fee? So does that is that slightly concerning you? And we're still looking to maybe offload players, even with that money in the bank, and we've not really spent a great deal either. Yeah, I think the thing that irks me with the Collins transfer, it just it all seemed a bit too clean, a bit too easy. It was like one day they're interested, the next day we're shaking hands and he's on the plane to Portugal. And I'm just thinking, did we really put up that much of a fuss here? Like I get wanting I get him wanting to leave, I get us wanting to sell him, but come on, like haggled them a bit. You know, we could have drawn that out for a week or so and, and you'd have thought got a bit more money. But, yeah, like you say, Rich, that money's not been reinvested yet. And I think, for me, I just get worried when I hear the links of Corne going and McNeil going. I think, for me, the next outgoing from the club has to be the last one. Yeah, there's, only, there's only so much turnover you can have in a summer without, just, without, just, without losing that consistency, losing that, that mix in the squad. I, I know Roberts, he's said a couple of things, in, not bad things in these little interviews, but he's been like, yeah, Brown has been the same. Yeah, there's been, you know, most of the lads from last year have gone. Like a lot of them are gone. And, you know, I think I think we're really verging on that. One more outgoing, and that has to be it. I'm not accepting Corny and McNeil going. I'm not accepting Corny and Taylor going. I think the next guy out the door has to be the last one. So I, I just I just hope we reinvest the money. Because we're, we're going to get a lot of money because we've got this Collins money and we're going to get either Corny or, or McNeil money. So I just really do hope we reinvest and but, you know, there's room to be optimistic because, like you say, Rich, we're all, we're all here thinking Huddersfield's next week, like, let's get it sorted. There's, there's six weeks until the transfer window yeah. ends. It's, quite, it's, it's It is really a tough one to get your head around, but that's the case. I think, George, that was a really great point you made there about whoever goes next. Listen, it does look like it's going to be coronated. That That's going to be my next point on the pod. Is that That's going to be the last player. Too much... It's great getting these young lads in, but, you know, as I mentioned before, we've probably only lost four actual starters from last year, season, really. And Collins is included in one of those who, who, who if all them three centre-halves are fit, he's obviously not going to play. So, you know, we've still got the basis of a, you know, some, you know, of, of a good team. And we, and if we add to it, but if we lose too many, you know, if Taylor starts getting pulled off, then Roberts goes, you've, 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 you know, you've got a whole new back four in a, about five then with the goal. So I thought that was a really good point. And like you said, hope there's a one way of looking at it. Obviously, Coventry, you know, seem like they're demanding 10 million for that offer, but I, he's not worth that, is he? You know, like he's obviously a good player, but 
he doesn't get goals really, and you know, and, and that's a big fault. And maybe it's not a crucial position for us. Now, going back to obviously somebody who, you know, re- everybody fell in love with at Burnley last year was obviously Max Carney. He, he was, um, listen, I won't say he was an absolute unbelievable, work, you know, great, great, consistent player, but God almighty, could he do something special at, at times? And I think his whole attitude and his demeanour, I know I'm going to bring into one more person another way. Veg- oh, sorry, I forgot about Vegas, to be honest, didn't I? I think he was a bit, <laughs> I think I just forgot about him, but. And the way he's conducted himself has just been fantastic. And do you think, Tom, I'll come to you. This is not whether he will go. Do you think he's that bothered about going, Carney? Um, I guess it's a bit different for him. I don't think, I could be, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I don't think Ivory Coast qualified for the World Cup. If, if they did, then yeah. it's not like he's no, going to worry about his place no. in the squad, I thought. No, they lost, didn't they? Yeah. So it's a bit different for him than Vegas. I think, you know, that video that Vegas did where he kind of explained his reasons, not fair. Yeah, it didn't bother me, Vegas. It wasn't a big miss, was it? Um, compared to Corner. So, yeah, I think with him only, he's only been a year, a year. He looks very happy where he is, you know, he's living in a, a nice part of the world in Manchester. Um yeah, I, I, I wouldn't say, I don't, well, I don't get the impression anyway that he's kicking and screaming, trying to get out. But at the same time, a player of his quality is too good to be playing in the championship. And um, the, the, the tiny release clause that he's got, well, relatively tiny release clause that he's got, um, I don't think that he, um, I, you know, I don't think that he's, he's going to re- realistically want to play in the championship. Like, so that, it's a different thing for him wanting to leave, I think, um, necessarily. I don't think he's desperate to get out of Burnley, but I don't think he, he'll want to play in the Championship. I'll be absolutely amazed if we see him kick a ball in the Championship for us, to be honest. Even if he's... This is going to start next week, Tom. He's <laughs> the winner on Well, this is the thing. I think I'll get the impression that the club would, wouldn't be that bothered if he left. I think they'd rather have the money, to be honest. Um, they seem to be... You know, that. what made me think about that was the fact that Everton are coming in with this stupid, we'll give you a five an hour and 17 million down the line kind of deal. And it, what, it didn't, they didn't seem to dismiss that out of hand. There's all sorts of like, X will pay a couple of million up front and then the rest on next season or whatever. It seems to me like, I don't know if it's that they want to get the wages off the book, if they want. Mm. I think that's a big they, one. It's not just the fee, it's, it's the wages of these players. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe they're, they're thinking that's, that's or maybe it's like, you know, they... Um, they think he is going to go, so they've got a deal lined up to someone else, and they're thinking, well, it's better. You know, it's 99% sure that someone's going to come in before the end of the window, so we might as well make sure he goes and we can get the replacement sorted. Whatever it is, I mean, obviously, we'd all love to see him in the championship, and I think he, 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 he think of the amount of points he wins in the championship. He's, uh, you know, he's, he's a brilliant player, but I think we can, we can forget about that. I think they'd rather leave him up in the stands for the Huddersfield game and just make sure he doesn't get injured so they can cash in, and, and that's not a a criticism, you know, maybe that's the best way to play. Um, yeah, but yeah, you know, like you, like you said, top marks to him is, you know, he's been a good influence. He's gone to all the training camps, things like that. Well, he doesn't have to do that. He could have been like Vegas and spat his dummy out. So, yeah, he's, he's um, the fans will still love him, I think, even if he does end up going to Everton or somewhere else. Yeah, I don't know. I've just, uh, maybe it's me being romantic. I, I've just got this uh, nice feeling of him walking out against that Huddersfield game, even if you just see him one more time. I, I get where you're coming from, Tom, but I'm at the essence that it's like, if he's here playing, why would you not play him? Like, say if he's here for the first two or three games of the season, we could get 
six, seven points and he could score a couple of goals, which could be the difference between being up there and not. So, kind of outgoings, we mentioned Vegor, so I forgot about it, to be honest. Say if Corne does go then, George, say for his release clause, which there's been a bit of debate whether he has got one, whether he's not got one. To me, 17.5 million, if he has got a release clause, I don't get why anyone's not just t- taking it now. That That's what makes me doubt it a little bit. Um, you know, if somebody released that, who knows? But let's say Collins for 20, Pope 10, 30, 7, 17.5 for Corne. So that's best part of 50 million. And I don't think we've spent 10, you know, I know you've got to balance the books and we all know about, listen, obviously we have got there. We don't know exactly how much, but you still think that there's going to be a few more plays and, a, you know, and at least one big marquee kind of signing, maybe a striker with that, don't you, George? Yeah, you'd hope so. No, I feel like, I think, I think well, Tom referred to it earlier in that there's been no links to it as someone you'd go, oh, you know what? That's a, that's them coming down and signing Andre Gray type of signing there's been none of them links and it's not like and it's been a while now you know we've been after players for a while we've been signing players for a while it seems to have started to go a bit dry the fact that we can't agree with people yeah. Bruggen the fact that this whole hair deal is completely broken down now Borden's just reported on his end it's completely dead um, I think I think you're just looking at it and you're thinking hmm are we coming to the end of our first choice here? it does worry you a little bit don't it when we've just sold Collins for 20 and then we maybe have to sell somebody else that we, we can't go in then. Whether we really, you know, agree a fee for these lads if we if they are first choice targets. That that does concern me. Yeah, I'm I'm not worried, but it does concern me a little. Yeah, I tend to agree. I'm I, I'm on your I'm in your camp, Rich. I think if Corner's at the club for the Huddersfield game, I think they should and I think they will play him. I, I, I don't see why they wouldn't really. Like I get the, what, why would he be in Portugal? Otherwise, exactly. He's in Portugal. Doing it all. And you know what? Fair play to him. He's, he's proper, like, yeah. he, he seems to have the right attitude. I think he'd be happy to play. You know, look, we're all, imagine a dream world. Imagine if he stayed. Like, I'm 99% certain he'll leave. But, I mean, you look at Watford, they kept his male Asar and he scored 30 he got goals. Got him up. Got him up. So, yeah. But I think, you know, if Corne goes, I think I really do think McNeil can play a similar role to us. I think he's, if he played to the best of his abilities, he's too good for the championship. So I think we do have to keep one of McNeil or Corney. I think it'd be ridiculous if we saw both in the same window. So I, yeah, I, I either, either of them players, I think, will be crucial for us this season. And, and we'll really... I think they, they both had poor, poor last six months. But in the Championship, I think either of them would get their confidence back and flourish. Yeah, like Corney, you know, he's still got nine goals. I'd love to see... Yeah, they're all in the min- first half, though. Well, I'd love to see his goals to minutes to ratio, though. Because he didn't actually play that much in the second half of the season. And he still scored two goals towards the end against Everton and Leeds, didn't he? So, um, but yeah, no, really good points. And we'll kind of leave that transfers for now. I think we've covered, you know, you could keep going on for ages, but I think we've, you know, we've, we've covered a lot of it in the costs of where we're going to go. And we still expect to be busy. I think that's what Alex James is saying. And you never know with transfers, do you? Like George was saying, no, and it is right. It seems to have gone a little bit quiet. And then we signed that Matson and not. It was literally announced a day later from the first link. So, you know, they can come out of the blue sometimes, can't they? And maybe that's the reason why we've pulled out of a deal with O'Hare and Verbrugge. Maybe somebody else has become available that is maybe more of an option for us. So, looking forward to Huddersfield. What are your hopes? What are your expectations? And are you, and are you going? 
I'm going, yeah, I've got a ticket. Um, Lovely. Difficult one to judge because um, I think obviously a lot's changed for us and I think a lot's changed at Huddersfield over the summer as well. Obviously, they had a good team last year. Um, but I think you've got to, you've got to say that I don't think they'll have as good a season this season. You mentioned earlier, two of the best players have gone to Forest. Um, the manager's gone and I think they put the youth team uh, coach in charge so they haven't replaced him, you know, in that for a minute with an outside appointment. So you'd have to say that that's a less imposing first game than it looked a few weeks ago. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to take us time realistically, I think, to get going. I don't think we can expect that we're going to fly out the traps and win the first four or five on the spin. Um, so maybe a draw. I can I can see that one being a draw. To be honest. Yeah, Joe. Same question for you. Uh, yeah, I'm, I couldn't get a ticket unfortunately, and uh, it's gonna be funny because it's gonna be back to sort of the days of the the lockdown. Because um, well, I'm at a gig that night, and I'd, I'd have missed it obviously if I got a ticket. But I may as well go now. So it'll be a recording the game on Sky job, turning off all notifications, and when I get home oh, at cool. midnight. When I go at midnight watching it as as if it was live because nice. I remember I remember in lockdown when every game was on Sky and I used to work at KFC. That's what I do for every game is I turn off everything and then record <laughs> it that. and watch yeah. it as live when I get home. So uh, yeah, so hopefully we don't lose three 0 and I've wasted all that time. <laughs> um, but no, my expectations for the game, I think, like you say, Huddersfield weak side this year. I think they had a really good year and it's one of them where a manager drags a squad that isn't that good to a really good season. But they've lost two key players. They've lost the manager and they've just given the job to like one of these backroom staff, like the boot boot cleaner. Um, so I, I'm, <laughs> I'd expect, I, I, I'd, I'd, I really, if I'm thinking optimistically, I think we can go there and on Sky, put in a good performance and it'd be like one of them way, everyone comes away. Set the mark for a little bit, as nice as they. Exactly, set some <laughs> mark and everyone comes away and says, yeah. you know what, they, they're playing completely differently, but something clicks about it. So I, I'd, I'd back us to go there and win 2 0. Yeah, I'm. I I'd have loved to have gone, but I'm. I'm in Mexico actually for my honeymoon, so it's not. It's not a bad replacement, Mexico or uh, or Huddersfield. So, uh, but I'm hope it's it's in two o'clock in, in the afternoon in Mexico. So, I'll I'll see if the good lady wouldn't mind having a little venture out. I might say, oh, I'm treating you to an afternoon in Cancun and find a pub with uh, the Clarets game on. I'm sure there'll be one somewhere knocking about. But listen, I've I've kind of. Just floated through this pre-season. Um, I've been quite, you know, as we all are, quite busy. And this last week or so, maybe because I've finished work, I've started to get the started started to get the footy juices back, back, back flowing again. You know, as obviously being a Wigan lad, I'm really looking forward to that game on Bank Holiday weekend. But bloody hell, I hope we don't I don't lose to him because we're planning a nice out afterwards. Um, just kind of like last question, Tom. Prediction. I know these are always hard. But where do you think we'll, we will finish? I don't want you to sit on the fence. Just give me just give me a number of where you think we'll finish. Uh, <laughs> my natural instinct is to sit on the fence, to be honest, because I think it don't very much on depends on... I don't want any rational thoughts, Tom. Are you rationalised this with balance? Just what your heart feels, not what your head. What does your heart say? OK, well, I don't think it's a great league. So I think if we do some good business, then we've got a good chance of the top six. If we don't, then I, th- I think we'll put mid-table. OK, that's not a number, but I'll take it from Tom. Six is <laughs> a on, number, to be fair. Six, six. <laughs> right, go on then, six. You said playoffs, that could have been third. George? Um, so if I had to go, you know what, I've not actually given this any thoughts on now, but I'm going to go second, because, and this is yes, very much a... George. This, 
This is yeah, very much George. a heart over the head. Plumber did practice head... yesterday. Yes, George. <laughs> my head's saying fourth, right? Because I'm saying, I think genuinely, I think the first six months will, will wobble and there'll be a very much like a, a settling in period. I think we'll be very inconsistent. So I think we'll be hovering around eight, seven, six sort of zone at, at Christmas. And then I think second half of the season, once it clicks, we get back into game after game and we, we get on a roll. I think we can climb our way up to around third or fourth. But just in my heart, there's not a chance I want to go through a playoff campaign if we're not winning it. So I want to say we'll finish, we'll creep our way into second and go up automatically. Yeah. I think the other point is, is as well, and I made today that, that you know you look at you know, and, and I really don't mean disrespectfully because you know I think they're both good clubs. Huddersfield got to the playoff final, and Luton got to the playoffs, and even Blackburn, you know, were arguably should have got playoffs. You know, they had a great run, so. There's, it, it is a competitive league, but there's, there's honestly, there's no team. Say, like, if Everton went down with us, you think, well, Everton will probably win that league. When you, you know, I don't know, Fulham looked really obvious last year. I, I don't think there is anybody that's that obvious. Norwich, I know they sound a Brazilian lad, but you just, they don't look as, you know, they have Buendia the last time they went up. Um, who else went down? Who come with us? Watford, Christ knows with Watford, um, and with a manager get Forest Green. I think Sheffield United and Borough are the two teams to kind of to be the most fearful of next season. I know Tom would have actually preferred to get Wilder in, but I'm just not keen on Wilder. I think he's arrogant, um, but he is a good manager. I'm going to go far. That's the prediction I'm going to go with. But listen, I am personally looking forward to a new style of, of, of play out. Um, I quite like that, that style of play. And, you know, I think it'll be quite refreshing to see some new young players and, you no, know, just see what some of these lads are like. So, yeah, Huddersfield next Friday. You know, like I said, I'm gutted I can't be there, but Mexico is not a bad replacement. But listen, Clavett, stay safe and enjoy the journey. I just want to say, as we wrap up the podcast tonight, thanks to regular podcasters, George and Tom. Um, I know they probably look enjoyed being back on. We've all en- enjoyed now the summer break, but hopefully get a few more podcasts in. So cheers, gents. Uh, thanks to George Gaskell for the music. Uh, thanks to... P- producer Matt who always does an unbelievable job uh, making what us three idiots sound very professional but most of all thanks to the listeners uh, for tuning in and let's get ready for a new season Vincent Company's Claret and Blue Army up the Claret days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com and there it is that's as good as it gets on this stage nissan townstar ev strikes again it's an unstoppable van unstoppable just fantastic you can actually see the pro pilot technology in action effortless parallel parking it moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty and with a bench full of all-star van experts there's real strength in depth here that's all-star quality search nissan townstar ev and visit your local all-star van center to see for yourself (laughs) 
Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.